0: And if yes. I listen to one ska song like every three years, that's enough ska for me. And <laughs> so this will be that ska song. i tired of you being the czar of this whole fucking thing. This isn't Russia in the <laughs> 1700s, all right?
1: Yeah, I'll let you run Mr. the show. <laughs> um, wait, are we going to do this whole thing where is Christian pretending he doesn't like this band? Is that his bit?
0: Because oh, dude, that's
1: never been the case.
0: We can get into this in a few seconds, but man, I'm not going to lie. This was, this was tough. This is a you're such,
1: one. you're such a fucking <laughs> hater, dude.
0: I mean, like as a guy who likes this type of music, this was like you know how mm, let's say Group Love puts out like a twelve track album, and like two of the songs are like supposed to be their hits, and they're not very good or enjoyable in any way.
1: It was yeah. like this whole album was
0: those two songs.
1: First off, this Insta status thing is fucking stupid.
0: Oh, hard disagree.
1: And I don't like that you're using
0: it on a regular basis. But let me tell you, you the j- Instagram status might be the best thing to happen to social media since, like, the fall of MySpace. I mean, not you, that the fall was good, like, since MySpace in general.
1: You changed it twice today.
0: Nope, just changed it once.
1: Do you think that they, they could make a sitcom about our lives, like us three? Like, us you living know, in a house together? It's funny you ask that, because earlier I was thinking that
0: maybe me and you should like, actually write like, a sitcom, and then, like, Christian kind of edited it.
1: Yeah? What well, would it be about, like, three d- totally cool dudes living together? I, If we do, I want, like, the, I want our trailer to be, like, those 90s trailers where it's, like, in a world where where nothing seems to go right. With these three, what could go wrong? And then it's like, one of the it two, they're, they're all, they're all kind of gay. You know, <laughs> that's what I want our intro to be. I like that. That's a good trailer. Um,
2: Christian, thoughts? No, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, it's not like it has been done hundred fucking times. But yeah, great idea, Blake. You dumb motherfucker.
1: Ours would be so much better than all those, though. It's a, you a literally world. just
2: pitch workaholics. You literally just pitch workaholics.
1: In, in a world where three guys are uncomfortable with their sexuality, in a world where they finally should be, that would be great.
0: In a world where they have every capability to just totally be open about their sexuality, but still for some reason choose not to be. <laughs>
1: We get to the bottom of how these three brothers... Okay, we're running that bend to the ground already. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back. Uh, We're your hosts, Blake, Christian, and Trey. And we're back, all three of us, ladies and gentlemen. So you fucking know it's going to be a good one. (laughs) Finally, Trey delayed us multiple days, multiple hours, but he's here. Christian almost bailed, but uh, we're back together. And today we're discussing... Wait, before
0: we get into this album that we're discussing, we got to talk about y'all's conduct while it was gone. The slander, against, the slander against my name throughout the entirety of that episode <laughs> was fucking ridiculous.
1: It was not that it, bad. I mean, it
0: was constant. It was just like, a, <clears throat> oh, let's talk about something for a few seconds and then let's shit on Trey because he's not here. Is that it what we're talking about when you are around?
1: Christian, you believe this fucking guy? It was not I loved it. fucking bad. It I was- loved
2: every second of it. And to be honest, let's be fair here, you gave us firepower leading into you not me- making it. Because it was the whole ha ha ha, Pine Grove super fucking gay bit that we were just running on you all week. And then when it comes to the ride or dies, and you did it, you did it you know yeah, so you, you kind of dug your own grave there you sent us a pine grove song for that and at that point i had decided let's
0: let it fly it was a test it was a test to see like oh are they going to use me. this to show all me and fail. you failed both of you failed miserably <laughs>
1: <laughs> you fucking failed and also okay we shit on you at the beginning because the whole internet fiasco was funny okay you can't argue okay. that
0: that was objectively funny
1: And then we shit on Pine Grove because it's fucking Pine Grove, and also we know that you tried to sabotage us. You tried to sabotage us with shitty tweets, so you had that fucking coming.
0: I gave y'all mediocre tweets, not shitty, mediocre. Yeah, Michael Crabtree's a mediocre wide receiver, Um, (laughs) mediocre. And uh, I gave y'all mediocre tweets with like some opportunity for success, like the one about rave, whatever. Like that That was one that I thought funny. It wasn't funny. It was intentionally unfunny. What it was supposed to be was like an opening up for us to talk about how absolutely ridiculous all of that stuff is. And y'all did not take that bait, which I was disappointed in.
1: We kind of did briefly, but yeah, we were not feeling that one.
0: Yeah, it was a bad, I mean, it was it, it was an intentionally bad tweet, which I have one of those lined up for today. So we'll, we'll compare and contrast how those go. That's
1: okay, good. Great.
0: Anyway, okay, um, back to your regular schedule programming.
1: Back to our regular scheduled program. We are talking about the eighth studio album from Portugal, The Man, Woodstock. Uh, Apple Music Intro. On a trip home to Alaska in 2016, frontman John Gurley stumbled upon his dad's $8 Woodstock Festival ticket stub. The discovery sparked an infatuation with 60s pop culture and its politically charged music. The band's eighth album, a thrilling, gritty package of experimental pop rock, is their take on music with a message. Loaded with deluxe production, thanks in part by Danger Mouse and Mike D., Danceable energy and poignant lyrics is both a lively soundtrack to the resistance and a reminder to have fun. So let me start this off by saying this is not the best Portugal the Man album. It's actually not even close to the best Portugal the Man album. I would say probably the Satanic Satanist is. Um, Evil Friends is up there, too. But um, I thought it would provide a, a, a good discussion. But it seems like you two have already determined that you're going to be huge bitches about this. So uh, let's let's hear what was your what was your initial take upon listening to this tray? Why do you dislike it so adamantly?
0: Okay, so I'm going to go first here. Yeah. All right. So first off, it, the fact that they call this album gritty um, <laughs> is easily one of the funniest things I've ever heard. There's nothing gritty about this album. This is uh, an album that's full of Anthemic, semi-pop rock tunes. Um, the the lyrics are nothing impactful, but also, like, that's not necessarily fair because I'm just not really connected to the sound in general, so I don't care enough to dig into the, you know, the proper meaning behind, behind the lyrics. Um, I enjoyed two or three of the songs. I will say that. After a second, I listened to it twice. I gave it a second run through. Um, but, man, I just, like... I'm, I'm confused as to why you like it is more so my question because I do respect your taste and I respect you as a person more so than that. And there's just nothing groundbreaking about this. There's nothing. It's not like it's a classic. It's it, like you said, it's not even the best Portugal the man album. And it's not like Portugal the man is knocking on the door of the, you know, rock pantheon. Um, so well, I just didn't I, just didn't, I didn't get it. I, 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 don't, I don't get the selection.
1: Well, have you have you listened to other Portugal the Man albums? I, I know Christian
0: has. I haven't, and 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 I, I never have, and it's not that I've ever like had a disdain for the band, but I do now. I do now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me say, I think if you listen to the Satanic Satanists and Evil Friends, you would actually like them because I think it's objectively those albums are like really good music, and they're they're Why did not you send
0: one of those albums?
1: Because I wanted to do something one that was more recent, and two, like, I guess you wouldn't know this because you don't listen to them, but like, this was a departure from like how they actually are as a band. So it, it was not like sticking to what had made them popular. And the reason I wanted to talk about it was because it kind of segues us into talking about like how Portugal the Man. I think all of their other albums are phenomenal, but they had this small fan base, like a small devoted fan base. And then they had this album and they fucking blew up. So it was kind of like just to listen to it and kind of talk about how like really good bands will put out good music. And then for some reason they don't succeed until they kind of fall into this type of genre. Right. We've talked about that ad nauseum with cage the elephant and how, they sold out and started wearing suits and all of a sudden they were like the the fucking rage. Whereas when they played grunge music, they weren't the same kind of transition happened to Portugal, the man, like it is very much like a pop rock album, but it's weird to me. You don't like songs like live in the moment. Like, even though it's like a poppy, like jumpy song, the song is about like atheism and it's about like how Christianity like allows people to be shitty people. And then they can just forgive themselves because, Oh, I go to church on Sunday. Like, that's kind of the whole, like, it is poppy in its, in its sound, but the lyricism of Portugal, the man, to me, is still there in this album. And I thought that you would, would hear that and see that, like, may not like the music, but still kind of hear what they're having to say, because I do think it is, like, still politically charged. But I guess, I mean, if it, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it, such life. But that was yeah, my reasoning. That kind of explains the reasoning as to why I picked it, if that, that makes that sense. I
0: feel a little more comfortable as to why we're talking about it in general. Christian, how, what, what did you think? And what do you think now that Blake has kind of made his explanation? Which I do feel better that about, I'll be honest.
2: That, yes, that definitely helps, but it doesn't really change like my opinion on this album. Like, Portugal the Man, I remember getting into kind of around high school when I was working like the festival circuit type thing, and... They were playing Hangout. I remember, I think Blake was the one who introduced me to them, actually. And it was it's summertime music. It really is. Like even their earlier stuff are kind of those like happy go lucky whatever's. Um, but I was working Hangout and got to see them live, and it was super cool. Going back and listening to this album, it's just everything that I hate about this type of music it's what Trey was kind of alluding to no matter like what they're talking about, it all feels Anthony. So, and it's not like, and to me, the lyrics weren't going extremely in depth. It's like, they're talking about oppression and all these different things, but they're like, and oppression is bad. Yeah. And it's just like this, like gimmicky. <laughs> oppression is like, bad.
1: <laughs> they're right about that. It is bad. Objectively, that is bad. They are right. Yeah.
2: I, so I liked them early on because they felt like pieces of a lot of different artists that I like within just like alternative and rock and a little bit of psychedelic rock, like the MGMT type of happy-go-lucky. But bands that kind of like this album and around this time this like early 2000s to like mid 2000s something happened with like right. rock music where it took this turn of like pop punk dance that was strictly made for commercial use yeah. and it's like what this feels like to me it's like everything that you can put over a USAA commercial or a fucking you know you armed services commercial it's just like it's just that type of feel that just it feels fucking commercial. It feels like something that wasn't built for music. It was just built for this like mass consumption.
0: Now I will say with the context that Blake has given us and like, I have a new like life rule that like, don't claim evil when you can claim ignorance instead. Um, And like, I can see how maybe with their ideals and like, if they're trying to get out a certain message about anarchy and you know, they're Satanists, right. That's like their thing. Yeah. Or he is. Um, and like some of those, you know, oppre- oppression is bad. And if they're trying to kind of push <laughs> yeah, that. much like, we
1: know. <laughs> Just that
0: you to, to you're right. asking, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but if, if that's like their ideal and they're trying to like kind of push that idea and like push it into more of like a present it to the masses type sound, um, then this probably accomplishes that. Uh, you were so soft you were
2: so soft can you just stick to just (laughs) be a hard motherfucker from one no you're not you're doing this corporate thing that's like this in between run of the mill fucking bullshit where you're like well actually I can see your perspective I'm not
1: He's he's talking about the information presented to him Christian maybe you should fucking try it every once in a while. Yeah. First I like off, him. I don't I like, like the fact that
0: Blake's only defending me because I'm kind of siding with him. What I'm saying yeah, is absolutely. I've, I've <laughs> seen but what I'm saying, I've seen bands do this more successfully. Um, and this is not that like for example like the Beatles with Revolver. Um but that's a whole different conversation than neither one of you want to have because um, yeah. Blake hates the Beatles for some weird fucking reason. Um, I, I can understand a little bit more words, but either way I did not enjoy this. And well, Blake, why don't think, you tell us a little bit about how your what your story is with the, with the record.
1: Yeah. I, I think it is interesting because one of the reasons I think you guys would like other Portugal, the man albums is because diehard Portugal, the man fans hate this album. So it's like, that's what makes me think that you oh, guys yeah? would like other albums that they have put out, especially because they did work in like from 2006, like their run from 2006 to like 2010. They have a lot of good albums in there. Um, I've always, I've been a massive fan of Portugal, man, forever. And I do love like, their music has always been super politically charged and I've agreed with them on, you know, a political standpoint, but I saw them one time at Bonnaroo and they were playing a tent at the time. This, this album hadn't come out. They played a late a late night set at a tent. And it was such a good show. Like they cover Metallica. They, they cover Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. They play their music. They do this great mashup transition stuff. And like, I remember being so blown away with the show and I was pretty drunk afterwards. And like, I was just really upset about the fact that I, this great band was in front of me playing music that like I really resonated with and it felt like they had no fan base whatsoever. And it it really like bothered me. I kind of went through the same thing with Cage the Elephant. It's like I deeply connected with this music and the things they were saying and I didn't feel like anybody else was was getting it. Like it didn't make sense to me they weren't bigger. So after the album When Feel it Still came out and and this album kind of blew them up and they started playing main stages and shit. Like that I was really happy for them and and I'm glad that they they can play those those shows and those stages and still play their old music but it it is like there's just a degree of like having to sell out to to get to that stage which is like upsetting to me right i wish that these bands never had to do that but with that being said i don't dislike this album the way that you guys do like i still feel like psychedelic elements in a lot of it i love the uh fat lip verse um and mr lonely like there's aspects of it that really shine, but yeah, it's definitely one of their weaker albums. But as a whole, I still enjoy it and it doesn't taint like my view of the band as a whole, which I think for a lot of people they can't really like yeah. our friend Zach, he's a mass he was always a massive Eminem fan, but he feels like his new music is so bad it's turned him like against Eminem. And I just don't have that reaction to artists putting out music I don't really love um so that's kind of where i'm at and, and like i said earlier i don't think it's a great album and i hope you guys go listen to a different one to see if you if you actually like it um but that's that's kind of why i picked it and, and where i'm at with it so i i do enjoy i don't hate it the way that you guys do but i don't i don't love it the way that i love their their other music so that's that's kind of where i'm at with it Makes sense yeah that makes
0: sense this isn't the album i would show to someone to try and get them into their music though if i was if i was you
1: yeah well that wasn't really my goal like one i thought christian had already like listened to them i thought that him and i had talked about it maybe i'm wrong in that but um yeah i didn't want like that wasn't going to be my introduction i thought you had listened to uh evil friends or something and had talked to me about like oh i didn't give them a fair chance or something like that but it was more just about kind of the discussion of how this happens to artists like they they kind of sell out and it, it changes how um how they're viewed in a in a mainstream aspect. But we can talk more about that later. I guess let's go into um, songs that you guys liked. If you have a few then let's let's go through them. Trey you can lead us off with the, the ones that you liked.
0: Okay. I did actually like two songs. Um, at first I thought it was an all not super great um but there are two songs i like i like to keep on and i like so young um i think the beat for keep on is kind of nice um it's kind of like something i would you know listen to kind of just like cruising down the road especially like a summertime type of vibe um it's very like it's easy listening the lyrics are nice um kind of like some like dystopian you know everything's terrible but i still have to get through the day type vibe Seems on par with what you vibe with. Yeah, see, that was the thing is like I thought that I'm not. I I thought that I would kind of get into and and enjoy the general vibe of what I understood Portugal the Man to be. Um, So that was that was kind of the big letdown for the whole record. Um, And then uh, So Young is nice too. So So Young kind of they're like back to back, so that might be part of it. Um, Yeah, So Young kind of feels almost like a breakup song. Um, which you know I'm a sucker for, uh, so I, I I did I did enjoy as you guys saw with Pine Grove. Um so I, I did enjoy those two tracks. Other than that, I would put everything in the bottom bottom three, except there's like ten of them.
1: That's fair, <laughs> <laughs> Christian. What about you?
2: So like I did listen to a bunch of their albums back in the day, from like Evil Friends and the Satanic Satanist, and there's a bunch of good shit. That's just like was not it for me. So I don't have a single top song. I have 10 songs <laughs> in the bottom <laughs> songs.
1: You couldn't <laughs> find one song. They all just, the
2: they all just reminded on. me of this like they, they it did send me back into listening to like their older shit which I had a blast doing after forcing myself to listen to this album. But it was just all like such an- every song was like anthem, anthem, anthem. And it's just my – I cannot stand tracks like that.
1: That's fair. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Um, I really like um, Rich Friends. I think the concept of the song is fucking hilarious. Um, I also really love So Young. I've always loved So Young. And then um, Mr. Lonely with Fat Lip. I think the Fat Lip verse, it's it's really brief. Um, But I love the – bottles up pop and shit false sense of happiness perhaps i'll take what i get i guess it's better than nothing right at least i got this blunt to light i'm doing i'm doing what i want tonight tomorrow i might fuck my life i fucking love that <laughs> lyric like it's so perfect it's like look hey th- you know what things you're shitty but i'm gonna get fucked up and tomorrow i'll just deal with it when i deal with it you know and i think that's something that we can all all three of us specifically but everybody can kind of relate to it's like you know what? i'm gonna worry about that tomorrow and i'll just fucking rage today so i like it a lot
0: better when you say it to be honest (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: so i i do really like that song um those are my my top three songs i'll just i can roll into the ones i don't like since you guys it's the rest of the album before Um, you do that i have a question (laughs) so as a
0: lifelong essentially portugal the man fan like do you enjoy this album in general or or do you kind of side with your 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 uh compadres. Sorry, I forgot what the right word there would be. Um, so in, in I'm Portugal not on the... Community.
1: I'm not on the same... I'm not on the same level as you guys. Like there, like I said, there are songs that I really like on it. And even like sometimes there's like times where I want to listen to songs like Live in the Moment and Feel It Still, even though they're like poppy, like mainstream songs. I still do kind of like to listen to them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's probably going back apart from man i mean i would say it's their weakest album so i'm kind of on board with like the portugal man fans in the sense that it is their weakest album but i also like i appreciate artists trying something new i hate that it sucks when artists try something new and they're just like universally shit on by a really devoted fan base like it sucks because i don't i don't know what that's like from an artist standpoint i'm sure it's fucking horrible but I'm glad that they tried something that they wanted to do and and they were passionate about. So in that sense, you know, I, I like it. And I like that they branched out, but um, in the mountain, in the clouds and evil friends and satanic satanists are just like, those are really, really good albums. And they, they touch on the same themes. They just do it so much fucking better. And I don't know. Go ahead.
2: Sorry. I was going to just like to what you were saying. The funny thing is like with, with fan bases, especially really dedicated ones and little like niche ones because i feel like that's the case for portugal it's just that like it's a little frustrating to see at times where when an artist does go in a new direction it's it's just complete hate blah 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 like they fucking sold out it's this it's that and then if they don't change anything and they put out a mediocre similar sounding album you get the other side yeah. it's like they did nothing new on this album this is shit sounds like the same old same old and it's like okay yeah
1: yeah they're like i mean it's like jaded they're just jaded like pretentious <laughs> fans it bought like it bothers <laughs> the shit out of me when bases think that um artists owe them like a particular thing right because people like that are never going to be happy it doesn't matter what the no. film comes out they're not going to like it and it's like they'll find something about and i think Generally, in terms of music, video games, movies, TV shows, like the internet amplifies that way more. Like it amplifies the negativity way more than it does the positivity. But yeah, those people are just impossible to please. So it's like I would rather them not try to please them at all and just do their own fucking thing. And if it turns out shitty, it turns out shitty, you know. And they'll they'll hopefully bounce back from it. But you know, you can't you can't fucking pander to everybody. And
0: sometimes you have the rare situation, like when, you know, I relate everything back to pretty lights, but like when color map of the sun came out, people were not super about it. Like some people were, but not as still, I'm not because you're a fucking (laughs) idiot. Um but that's a okay. like, like wow, he had a band musical.
2: play and then he just did the same thing and sampled
0: over it like fucking blow me away. Dude, that album has gotten better and better with every day that it, since it's been released. <laughs> and I think that happens a lot of times with people that are like where they're with a band that you know they follow intently and then they put out a new sound and they don't like it at first. And then as it goes on, like the artist was almost like ahead of the fan base too much.
1: Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. So
0: I don't think that necessarily happened in this situation. It doesn't sound like. No, um, but it
1: does. It absolutely but does, happen. does happen. Right. Like they give it five years and they go back and they're like, Oh shit, this is a lot better than I I thought. It That's was, what happened to Radiohead
0: was. and Kid A. Like when Kid A came out, people were like, this is dog shit. Um, And we'll get to a Radiohead episode one day. Um, But people did not like it. Now you look back at Kid A, and it's just like absolutely groundbreaking and like one of the best albums of all time. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know.
1: that's and and that's the thing. I don't know if it's like we we about, about
0: groundbreaking.
1: This, it's um we we talk about we've talked about this before, but like those fan bases, it's always like a particular age group, right? And they're aging as that artist is, and those artists are changing too. So it's like. Five, they may not be there at that moment but 5 years down the road they may be in a position where like their view on that changes we i think we got lucky with like somebody like Mac Miller we kind of evolved musically with him so like he timed everything at least in terms of us three like he timed everything so perfectly it was like every time he changed his sound it came out with something he's like the prime example of it works really well for him but it it doesn't always happen that way um but i do what do you guys think it is about whether it be Portugal of man or cage the elephant, or I don't know. I'm sure I could think of more, uh, more rock bands, but what is it about like this? Why do they not find success until they do this? Like, what do you think the factor is that do you think it's having a radio song or do you think it's just having a more generic sound that appeals to more people? Like, I don't, I can't. also it think out. it
2: depends on how you define that success because like you're playing a tent at Bonnaroo. I mean, during those times where yeah, it might not have been some large mass of people. I think it just depends on what you determine that as because like getting a message out to a group of people who, you know, understands and appreciates your sound for what it is without it being something that is in a popular way consumed by the masses is very different from just like mass fame and mass people and selling out giant venues and playing main stages. And in my perspective, it's what do you, what do you sacrifice in sound to do that? Regardless of if you're wanting to or not, I think that's kind of where I am with it. It's just like, why is that the case? Because it isn't pushed that way. When you create an album that does become Anthony anthem, the media that comes behind that, not only social media, but with commercials and whatever, It's just like, it's insane. The, the amount of eyes that gets on. So So
0: I think a big issue. Yeah. I think a big, big issue is that like within the rock music genre, there's just so much noise and there's so much that has already been done. And I think standing out is very difficult. Um, yeah. So, when you do get a niche genre, yeah, it's pronounced niche, not niche, by the way. Um, <laughs> I was a wondering niche... when
1: you were going to say that. I knew you were going to fucking say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, when you do get to a niche genre, uh, or you get a niche fan base, excuse me, and like, I mean, I think that in itself is a measure of success. Um, you know, having like a small group of passionate fans that you are able to reach. On like a, you know, and not to bring it back to this band, but like Pine Grove, for example, like I know y'all don't care for it, but I do a lot. And like, they do have a very fervent, small fan base and think about it. they are people that they don't know that are resonating with the things that they're writing and creating. Um, You know what would have
2: been better is if you would have compared it to our loyal, totally biased music fan base
1: true you're right it is it exactly is
0: like our listeners at home you know?
1: When, we, when we blow up and we like, just like if pretend we stop like we doing, don't know
0: anyone except for our close friends and family
1: yeah and then like we stop doing like you you sell out and we stop doing trey's terrible twitter takes and then everyone's gonna be like man i liked it so much better when they're doing trey's terrible twitter takes <laughs> like it was it was different back then dude it was do you different. think that the
0: catalyst for that is gonna be someone like that i'd like talk about on twitter Suzos, us because that's not a possibility by the way if I ever use one of your tweets on uh, on, on trace several Twitter takes you can't sue me it's public information um, on Twitter so fuck you that's a, that's a legally binding sentence.
1: Just let everybody fucking know just
0: so you know.
1: Um. Yeah, I thought about that. I was like, "Trey's gonna land himself in hot water. He's gonna use like, like if we blow up, right? And then he uses somebody like some small person's Twitter, and then they just flame them relentlessly. They're gonna be like, what the fuck is going you know, on?'" It's
0: part of their it's part of their user agreement when they sign up to Twitter that I'm allowed to fuck them over.
1: All right, Elon. Thanks, um,
0: <laughs> oh, my king. I do
1: want I do want to say what if like I it, became a huge Elon guy. Would you also be friends with me? Absolutely not. Yeah, um, I figured. I, <laughs> I do want to say. Real quick, when Christian was talking, it made me think, like, the, I think the difference between what Portugal the Man did with this album and what people like Hey Elephant did with whatever the fuck their last two albums were, I don't even know the names of them because I hated them so much. I think the difference to me is, like, I still feel like to Portugal the Man, this album means something to to them, right? Like, to them... It's something they very much wanted to do, and they still talk about things, albeit in a different way. But I think they're still passionate about it. Whereas bands like Cage, I don't think they even like that fucking music. I genuinely don't like. I think that they made that music (laughs) to literally sell out and like and, and sell records. Whereas like that's the defining split for me is like I still think Portugal Man wanted to do this and are passionate about it. Whereas I do not believe certain artists that sell out like this give a shit. I think they do it to sell out. So I think that's the big separating.
0: I think it's a little more nuanced than that. Um, Like I think Mel, like we're talking about Cage Elephant. So like I think Melophobia, for example, like I think Cage's heart was in that album. I don't think that was a full sellout, but it was just enough to get them a taste of what they needed to do to be able to reach that next level of fame. That for the next record and the the record after that, they they went into the studio with those concepts in mind. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think there's a there's a little more levels to it than just being like, oh, we're like big enough to like have an audience where we could like get really famous. Let's let's try this, because um, I mean, K. J. Elfen was pretty big after the self titled record, and thank you, Happy Birthday.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. Nah,
0: but, I mean, uh, Back Against the Wall was like a hit. Um, what's the other big hit off that record? Ain't no rest of the wicked know, yeah, Ain't Rest For The Wicked was a it was a big hit, not just in indie indie like radio circles. Like, I mean, that was a big hit. So it wasn't like they were you know absent to fame, but I think they thought they could become like the Black Keys type shit. Which yeah. fuck fuck the Black Keys for multiple reasons.
1: Yeah, fuck them for multiple reasons. <laughs> um, but I will say, if you listen, to Evil Friends, there's a song on there called Hip Hop Kids, and it's about the Black Keys, but it's basically the choruses. Uh, Fuck, fuck these rock and rollers! You think we give a shit, but we don't. And he said in an interview that he basically toured with the Black Keys and that they were like eating caviar and shit backstage. And he was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I mean, caviar's
0: (laughs) gas. I'm not as a guy who just came from a very corporate dinner. I'm not going to deny the benefits of caviar. Um, Um, But but
1: yeah, it's like I don't know. It's just just that that energy with it. Um,
0: We want to move on to ratings.
1: Yeah, let's move on to ratings. Um, So Pitchfuck gave it a 6.6, which I'm sure you guys think is too high. But I will say, so the the first paragraph is, quote, Can you sell out the man? Or can you say sell out the man griped one fan in a YouTube review of Portugal the the Man's latest album, one of a handful uh, compiled for posterity by the band themselves in a supercut of their own bad reviews. It's a criticism the band had clearly braced for months before Woodstock's release. They pre butted that attack with shirts reading in all caps, "I liked Portugal the Man" before they sold out. Um, and the article essentially talks about how, like, it's clearly an attempt to like embrace like a psych pop modern rock thing, and it just like feels clumsy. Um, which I thought you guys would appreciate the the whole sellout bit. I did um, like that. And I do think like they knew they were selling out and kind of made a joke about it that they that this was what was coming for them. Um and then Rolling Stone didn't give it a didn't give it a a ranking, but the title of the article is Inside Portugal the Man's Long Ascent to the Mainstream. So it's kind of like a common theme with all these reviews. It's like this transition they made from being what they were into um Basically being a a mainstream band. What are you doing with your headphones?
0: I thought I heard heard some Christmas carolers outside
1: and I was going to go throw gasoline on them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's start with, Christian's is going to be the worst, so let's go ahead and start with Christian. Um, hmm. Is that Topo Chico? Yeah, I'll give it like a three.
0: he's, He's spitting dip spit.
1: Yeah, but I think you spin it into a topo chico.
0: That's high class, baby. Yeah, it is. I'll give it. I'll give it like a three.
1: Okay, that's actually higher than I thought you'd give it, Trey. What about you?
2: Uh, I'll give it a three. Okay. Yeah, it's I not the just, fucking worst thing I ever heard. I mean, it's, no. in, in terms of being it being produced and his voice, John's voice is
0: lovely. It's just like. It's Anthony. I can't. So I can't. is there a female in the band that's a vocalist, or was that like brought in for studio?
1: So they have Mary Elizabeth uh Weinstead. Is that how you say her last name? You know, she's in Ten Cloverfield Lane and some other movies. Um I love that
0: movie. I know you don't yeah. like it as much as I do, but
1: um yeah, she's she's on Noise Pollution. Um but no, it's just John basically throughout the whole thing. Besides the first track and the last track, they have and, and the fat lip feature, um, but yeah, it's it's mostly him. He just has a really high pitched voice. Gotcha. Um, I'll give it a five and a half. Um, there are definitely aspects of it that I really like, and the pieces are there. They just wasn't in the wasn't in the fashion that they they really strive uh, or they really thrive in. That's the word. Um, so yeah, five and a half. I think that's a that's a fair basis.
2: Speaking of the two guys that were talk, the two bands were talking a little shit on uh, for Cage and for Portugal a little bit. I got to meet both of them.
1: Oh yeah how did you how did you meet them? Yeah, it's also I story. met
2: so Matt Schultz. I met we were so for those who don't know, I used to work like um, bullshit jobs at festivals, helping with production and stuff like that for MTV and VH1 because I like to sell out to large corporate organizations. <laughs> Um, but it was like a sick gig. And so they put, they put me up in a hotel for Lollapalooza and cage was playing and it was this fucking gangster ass hotel in downtown Chicago. I go to check in and who's fucking standing there checking in as well. Matt fucking Schultz. It's like always a big no, no to kind of like say what's up to those people, especially with us working, but I hadn't checked in officially. So I was like, and it was fucking Matt Schultz. I was like, this is sick. So I said, what's up to him? Um, the K, uh, the Portugal the Man, when meeting John was way funnier. So like it, these things they do these wrapped parties. So for all the personnel, pretty much that's working production, they have these huge after parties when everybody's left the festival and we've closed it down. And they have different artists like play it, like Skrillex DJed at one of them. Um, Portugal the Man like played a little set at this one. It was for when they played at hangout and. After we had finished and wrapped everything, we'd meet up in these artist trailers and just chug tequila as they chanted your name. So then you just passed the bottle and I was blackout drunk. I walked up to John and I asked him for an autograph and I didn't have anything except a water bottle, a plastic (laughs) Dasani water bottle. And, uh. So he signed it, and then I continued to get more blackout drunk and threw the bottle away. And (laughs) that was my (laughs) So shout out John. I appreciate it. So good, idiot.
1: So good. That's fucking hilarious. I actually – man, I'd love to meet John. He seems like a really cool dude. But I met um, Matt as well at Lollapalooza in a hotel. It wasn't like in the lobby. There was like a Starbucks attached to like the hotel, and – my dad and I were standing in line and he was right in front of us. And I look at him. I'm like, what the fuck, that guy looks so familiar. And then he kind of turns around and I look at my dad and I'm like, but we're like literally right next to him. So I can't be like, yo, that's fucking match. So I'm kind of like moving my head towards him. My dad's yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and so I'm like, I kind of lean over. I'm like, that's the lead singer. KG elephant. And so I just like tap his shoulder and he turns around and I'm like, Hey man, is your name Matt? He's like, Yeah. This is a little high pitched whiny voice. And I'm like, Are you Matt Schultz, to KJ Elephant? He was like, Yeah, that's me. And I was like I was like, Hey man, I just want to say like I'm a huge fan. It's really cool to meet you. He was like, Oh, thanks so much. And I didn't ask for a picture or anything. I just wanted to be like, Hey, by the way, big fan. And then he just got his Starbucks and left. But he was he was a super nice guy. But then again, that was before he started wearing suits and sold out, so he's probably a dickhead now. What do you what do you what do you think he ordered at Starbucks? i don't know i should have listened that would have been so much better i should have like literally hovered over him as he ordered well there was that Black time coffee to, with it, a
2: side of heroin in the bathroom
0: <laughs>
1: at hangout he like made
0: eye contact with us you remember that and we got all excited and then he like jumped he like did like a crowd surf thing where he like crawled over like the yeah thing and, like took our hat and like put it on his head like yeah, i felt dude, very connected really. to him at that moment for whatever reason um and you know, I feel like I met Matt Schultz too. I just want to get in t- on you all stories.
1: <laughs> in typical Trey fashion, Matt like uh, vaguely points to me and Trey, and Trey tells everybody for the rest of the festival, "Yeah, he pointed directly at me." And I was like, "Well, he kind of pointed our direct." Trey's like, "No, no, no, it was me. He pointed at me."
0: <laughs> he did point at me. He did point at me in the
2: crowd of thousands of people. <laughs> I don't know what generally
0: Trey fashion is supposed to mean, but I'm just going to ignore <laughs> that and move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway rides or dies fuck you
1: yeah so that that was woodstock um if you're a portugal the fan i'm sorry that my good friends uh shit on this album but you I gave it a five and it. a half don't act like you gave it some <laughs> glowing review Trey, are you fucking busy or something man like do you need us to call you later like what are you doing it's very distracting Bro, I'm sorry. My computer's about to die. I'm trying to find an
0: outlet that I can charge it on, and it's not really – like nothing's really working out here. Um, I'm trying to focus on our
1: fucking craft, and I'm being stonewalled by this guy. Just fucking pull up another window or something, dude. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Okay, so um, (laughs) let's go into rides or dies. So we have a very special rides or dies this time around. Um, We all picked, of course – Christmas songs because, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of year. And you know what? If you don't celebrate Christmas, fuck you. I don't say happy holidays. I don't drink at Starbucks in the month of December because I love this country and I love freedom. All right, with that being <laughs> said. <laughs> let freedom ring, baby. Let fuck free- you. Let freedom ring. All right, Who is that Trace's ass? Oh, it's his elbow. Um, who wants to start? Christian, you want to start us off?
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I actually – so – Growing up, my dad would always find crazy obscure fucking random albums and he would get pissed off during Christmas time because my mom would always want to listen to like the fucking weakest Christmas shit. So, of course, he finds this album called A Very Special Christmas 3. It's released in 1997. It's a compilation album with a variety of artists ranging from Sting to the Smashing Pumpkins to Dave Matthews Band. But my choice is called Oi to the World by no doubt
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trey what do you
0: think of it I gotta say you know what I always forget about no doubt and Gwen Stefani in general she's got a great voice she great really voice. does true and I'm not I'm not particularly you know inclined to enjoy Christmas music but I gotta say the song rides very enjoyable you know, I love the 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 ska. You know, the ska was cool at one point in time. It was, it was cool. And and this was that time where it was cool. Yeah. Um, and if I yes. listen to one ska song like every three years, that's enough ska for me. And so this will be that ska song. <laughs>
2: Yeah, shout out Shout out to David Fair. He's fucking 30 years old and still listens to Ska like
0: he's in eighth grade. Hey, David Fair's a listener <laughs> to this podcast. Shout out to David Fair. Happy birthday, David. It <laughs> Happy, birthday, day. Happy
2: birthday, Dave.
0: birthday, <laughs> Dave. This guy, David Fair, he's a good friend of ours. He does this incredible performance art comedy where he dresses up as a character when he goes to music festivals and fully commits to the bit like he dresses like up that. as an old woman like a lunch lady and will like fake squirt ketchup and mustard in people's faces I've seen him dress up as a guy looking at a map like just standing <laughs> confused like an old explorer and like we'll ask people where like you know like Antarctica is and shit so shout out if like
2: full full rides on the character too yeah full if ride like is we'll legit-, legit
0: won't break character while you're talking I'm like bro like it's good to see you like I don't ever see you and he's like where is the where is the next destination <laughs>
1: I will say if there's one thing bitches love, it's somebody who commits to the bit. So shout up. out to David for that. That's very good. Um, I also think Oi to the World rides. I, I will say Gwen Stefani is great. I do always think about that one ab soul line where he says, no doubt like Gwen Stefani's group, let me put my mouth where you potty, potty boo. Potty boo. <laughs> no doubt like
0: Gwen <laughs> Stefani's group, let me put my mouth where you potty boo.
1: Yeah, so every time I hear no doubt, I think about that line. Um So, yeah, I'm going to give it a ride as well. Uh, Trey, you want to intro your song? Sure. So my
0: song is uh, Happy Holidays, You Bastard by one fantastic band called Blink-182. This song is very clearly a joke song from a joke band that somehow got very, very popular and has made it into the uh, pantheon of our culture. Um, So what did you guys think of Happy Holiday, You Bastard? I hope you went into it with an open mind and understood that it was a joke. Christian, um, with what you have said,
2: I do, I do recognize and I do understand that it is a joke. I know that I hope you understand that I love you as a dear friend, but oh, I swear never to never fucking God, conversation. Dude, just, I, I never listen to Blink-182, just, just for the record, sure. and yeah. every time I do. Their vo- the voice makes me want to blow my fucking brains out. I cannot stand Blink-182.
0: You didn't think the thing about sucking off your dad was funny or your dad sucking me off was funny?
2: It was hysterical. Thank you. It was hysterical. I will give it that. It does. <laughs> I hate like Blink-182. I stick to the bit. I will forever hate them.
1: Christian has done this thing that I really like with every. I don't know if you you have noticed this. No, where every time he does a rise or dies, he pauses before he gives the final verdict. Have you noticed that? He says, says, I commit to the bit. And then he gives the two second. It dies. Like he always, it's like he's a judge on American Idol. It's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> he's basically our fucking Randy. Um, so I do want to read the lyrics, Blake, before you give your, uh, your assessment here. The lyrics for the first Christmas verse of the song are, It's Christmas Eve, and I've only wrapped two fucking presents. Christmas Eve, and I've only wrapped two fucking presents. And I hate, hate, hate your guts. I hate, hate, hate your guts. And I'll never talk to you again unless your dad will suck me off. I'll never talk to you again unless your mom will touch my cock. I'll never talk to you again. Ejaculate into a sock. I'll never talk to you again. I'll never talk to you again. So I think that is inarguably hilarious.
1: It is really funny. And you know what? I'll give it a fucking ride. I like some Blink-182. I can't lie. I like some Blink-182. It's a funny song. It's 40 seconds long. I don't know how you could hate a 40-second song. You know? It's a good, like, I don't know. It it worked for what it was. Um, Appreciate that. My song was Merry Motherfucking Christmas by (laughs) (laughs) Eazy-E. (laughs) <laughs> and it's there's really no need to go into too much detail. It's exactly what you you think it is based on the title and the artist. Uh, what do you guys think, Trey?
0: You think I would ever say a song by Easy e dies? Fuck that. This shit rides.
1: Fuck yeah, it does.
0: (laughs) This song's awesome. I'd never heard it before. I was stoked. When you sent it, I was stoked. I was like, Easy e made a Christmas song? I can't wait to play this in front of my dad and make him so angry that he storms out of the house. (laughs) Goes into a drunken rampage and crashes into a tree. Like, that song is awesome. (laughs) It's so good.
1: Christian, what do you
2: think? I got to get a little serious here because this one it really brought me back to i mean i don't want to bring this word back up again but i'll i mean i will oppressive childhood um (laughs) living in in the ghetto of helena it was uh our family didn't have the means sometimes and this this song it really it it brought me back it it was brought me to tears almost so it rides
0: (laughs) Very He's sure. going to cry right now. That's how manipulative he is. He could actually cry if you wanted him to. <laughs> you I, was was
1: on demand. You I was close. I was close. Okay, so that was Rise or Dies. I will link the Christmas tracks down below. Um, and with that being said, wait, hang on. Wait, 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 support. wait,
0: wait, wait. Before you intro this, I got to say, guys, y'all tried hard last week, and I respect that. Um I respect that you tried to do Trey's terrible Twitter takes. It wasn't a great segment on your end. The rest of the episode, perfectly serviceable. You could do it without me if you wanted to. But this is really where you guys, you didn't do great. If
2: we were prepared and brought our own fucking great Twitter takes, it would have been amazing. We got them from you secondhand when you deliberately sabotaged us. Yeah,
1: that is true. I feel like had we been prepped, had we known... That you were going to be in jail for your hentai addiction, and we had brought our own tweets, we would have really fucking showed up. Half the time I'm
0: pulling these tweets, these tweets while we uh, while we're recording. Like I mean, Let's, so just well, that's be unprofessional. Better. That's unprofessional. Well,
1: yeah, you know. right, Also
2: going and back and scrolling through, uh, I had to scroll up to remember what songs y'all sent for ride or dies, and it's just that picture of Mia Khalifa.
1: <laughs> I knew you were oh going to say God. something about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised you didn't say something earlier
2: Fucking milkers Good god
1: (laughs) Okay, um, with that being said Ladies and gentlemen, we're making our great Fucking return to all of our Favorite segments
0: Welcome to Trey's Terrible Twitter Takes My name is Trey and I'll be your host for this evening (laughs) Coming back from one week off You know I've got some tweets ready to rock all right. First off is Trev from at Trev show. This was from the 6th of December of this year at approximately two forty-six PM. Trev said with asterisks, which means it's an action he's physically doing in the real world, shaking my head in the mall. Who would build a bear into this world right now? I agree with that. Like, who? The f- like, true. how the fuck? Can you yeah, do how could
1: you bring a bear into this world? In this, how could you build a bear into this world?
0: <laughs> you
2: give it a heartbeat. You have to record it saying that she, she's sobbing violently, just saying that you're sorry.
1: <laughs> and, then you, and then it ends up at a sorry, fucking. It I'm ends sorry. up at a thrift store, and some parent buys it for their little girl, and they squeeze <laughs> it. And it's just Christian crying, being like, "I don't know how I <laughs> fucking got <guy> here." <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, Christian, you're going to particularly love this one. This one's from Eric Renner Brown um, on the 24th of August in 2020, so a couple of years ago. Um, Eric Brown says, Every fish song is like awesome riff. Bree cheese, it's the bee's knees. Watch out, I'm going to sneeze. Trey and audience sneeze in unison. 20 minutes of insane jamming. Return of awesome riff. Tray and audience sneeze in unison. To <laughs> So, so accurate, like, it's
1: so it really accurate, is, dude. He like something about like his lyrics, man. I fucking and at one point when I saw him in Vegas, the second night I was behind the stage. Which side note, behind the stage is where it's fucking at. Oh, right? dude, it's, it's a, a party. goddamn party back there. Uh-huh. But at one point, he went on some like ten minute rant that I couldn't understand because it was echoing, like with the way that he was talking. And he talked for like ten minutes about like. I don't fucking even know what he was saying. Something about people trying to determine what set list it's going to be in this. whole And me and my friend Sam were like pretty drunk. And we're like, what the fuck is he talking about? He's just a weird guy.
0: Sounds amazing. Sounds like one of the best nights of your life. <laughs> um, so, all right. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, Christian's going to get another one that's catered just for him in just a second. Then Blake, you're going to get one that's catered just for you. But before nice. that, too. All right. This one we have, uh, it's at, krang t nelson aka america's lounge singer this is also from december 6 <laughs> 2022 he said experts tell you not to look at screens before bed because it messes up your circadian rhythm but they're just lying so they can enjoy unfettered high-speed connections at bedtime they want the night internet all to themselves <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that's true, actually. That's a conspiracy I I can get behind.
0: I think it's true as well. All right, Christian, you ready for this? This is just for you. This is your Christmas present, is this tweet. All right. All right. This one is from at Michael Minnert. From December 8th, 2022, I want to remind our listeners that this man is at least 45 years old um, and has has had plenty of time to not only make connections in the various cities he's toured at, but also make plenty of money where he can purchase his own items. He said, since see tonight, who got weed? This man is still asking for <laughs> weed on the internet, bro. He's still asking for weed on Twitter. I fucking no hate him Stu so chance much. Is that real? That's real. It's a thousand percent real.
1: Holy shit. The fall well, from grace. I know grace. he had a
2: bunch of bad stuff happen and all that like back in the day, but because of these tweets, I think what happened to him initially is it's, justified. Repercussions. Yeah, no, it's, it's justified. It's Yeah. No, it's justified.
0: It's like clearly you were a bad drug dealer. You're still asking for drugs on the internet and you're 45.
2: <laughs> he 100% like sleeps on someone's couch in
0: Arvada. Yes, yeah. absolutely. For sure. Blake, don't ever let him sleep on your couch.
1: All right. I'll keep that in mind. I mean, obviously, right. due to Christians absolute hatred of him. I would never let him step foot inside my house. Right. So.
0: Okay, so this tweet isn't funny in any way but it's going to spark some form of funny reaction from Blake. Okay. So this is actually from a friend of mine at Stephen Stone, um, and it was earlier today. And I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the World Cup, but France is in uh, the final as well as Argentina. If you didn't know, France's biggest star, Mbappe, a.k.a. uh, is it Kyrian Kyrian Mbappe? Yeah. Um, He plays for PSG, which is owned by Qatar. Um, and Lionel Messi, who plays for Argentina, who's the other finalist for the World Cup, also plays for PSG, who is also owned by Qatar. And my friend says, this has to be the ideal outcome from Qatar's point of view, right? Hosting the World Cup, where the final features the two biggest stars in the game who both play for PSG, a club owned by Qatar.
1: Oh, yeah. Real fucking... Real nice coincidence you got going on there. <laughs> fucking super surprising how that worked out, huh? Nobody could have seen that fucking coming. And all this shit, you can shove this shit in Trey's face, and he'll look at you straight in the eye, dead ass Not rigged. No, sports aren't rigged. No way. There's just Not no chance. Rigged. Fucking... Not
0: rigged.
1: That is... I cannot believe he told me that because I – or that you read that because I saw a tweet the other day that said this has to be one of the most rigged World Cups of all time. And I didn't know what they were talking about, and now I fucking know. The writing is on the fucking wall, brother. They're coming for us, okay? They're fucking coming for us.
0: <laughs> the fog is coming. The fog, the fog is, is coming. coming. The, fog the fog is coming. Is coming. <laughs> <laughs> You should have died in that fire. You should have died
1: in that fire. <laughs> what, was that? what was your friend's name? Steven? Yeah, Steven Stone. He's a really good guy. Tell Steven. Uh, fucking shout out Steven for keeping on the up and up. This guy fucking gets it, dude. This guy fucking yeah. gets it.
0: Oh, man. Um, okay. Uh, you guys want one or two more?
1: Um, I have one, you? so you do one more. Mine's quick. Okay.
0: Though. Alright, this was from at Eclectic Hams, aka Microplastics Enjoyer. Which I love. And so he lets us know that there's a conservative spin-off subreddit for methamphetamine users who found the regular meth subreddit too left wing. <laughs> that subreddit is called Meth Without Communism.
1: Apparently, immediately subscribes.
0: Immediately subscribes. It is absolutely a real subreddit that has unfortunately been taken over by people that are parodying it. But like <laughs> yes. its original intention, if you look through it, is yeah, people were like, yeah, no, for real, like I wanted to know, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about seizing the means of production at all. <laughs> that's great.
1: I'm immediately subscribing oh, fuck, to that. That's so good. That's all, it's awesome.
0: It's amazing. Um okay. all right. that's all that's all I got for uh, for
1: Trey's terrible Twitter tags this evening. <laughs> so I have one that I sent to Trey earlier, which I really liked, which is the dirtbag left slash anti-woke left to fascist pipeline is so fast that it's practically a water slide. And I texted Trey and said, Am I fascist? And he said, <laughs> No, you're a water slide enthusiast. <laughs>
0: I was wondering if you liked that response i thought it was pretty pretty <laughs>
1: but i do have to talk about because we talked about the very first episode we ever did when i read that come down tweet about the girl who said her boyfriend whispered the n-word in her ear before he came to try to elicit a response out <laughs> of her hair and, said, and said a huge bernie supporter of fucking course there's this weird discourse on the internet where like People think if you're a leftist, but like you make fun of like people's pronouns like once or twice that you're literally fascist. And I think (laughs) it's really fucking funny
0: to me because Because like everyone that's not them is a Nazi, bro.
1: Yeah, literally Every like Bernie himself could make a joke about like something they don't like. And they would be like, this guy's literally fucking Hitler. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) is funny. Nothing's allowed to be funny. (laughs) Nothing is funny. Mm -mm. You're not supposed to laugh. And if you do laugh, you're not part of the leftist movement. I hope you
0: fucking know that. If you laugh, that means that you're happy in some way, and being happy is fascist.
1: I've been stripped of my leftist title. I'm no longer the majority whip of the dirtbag left. I am now minority whip of of the Nazi party in America. (laughs) Anyway, coming
0: up next on Totally Biased Politics.
1: (laughs) Which that is here. coming is in the coming new year. Guys?
0: Yeah, that that is coming in the new year. Totally biased politics is definitely coming at you.
1: Yeah, you guys are gonna love it. All right, mm-hmm. um, I think that was it. I think it was a good episode. Good discussion. Um, great tweets, Trey. Wish we would have had those last week. Thanks for coming through. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. You got anything else for us, Trey Christian? Nope. All
0: right. Uh, look hey, forward. Look, look forward next week to uh, to what are we gonna do? Best of the year album of the year it's right for new years
1: yeah let's do the album of the year pod uh, coming next week Um, and speaking of tomorrow are we meeting up for dinner tomorrow what time
0: Uh, so I'm supposed the flights are looking a little sketchy so I'm supposed to land around 1030 um, but then I'll be done working around like 4 p.m. your time so after that uh, probably some brewery or food hall or something so people can come in as they want
1: okay sounds good all right, thanks for listening, everybody. Fucking like, follow, subscribe, rate, post it on your Instagram. Fucking blow us up. Make it your Instagram
0: status. Use these Instagram statuses; they're awesome.
1: Yeah, make yep. your away status. Go listen to Totally Bias music. All right, thanks everybody. Thanks guys. I will see you both tomorrow, and everybody else. I will see you next week. Bye.